You are now listening to the Sincerely Shameless Podcast, where the resilient, relentless, and shameless thrive. What is up, Sincerely Shameless Podcast um, community? You know, family and friends. It is your host, Sarah J, and I am back. I'm in my desk. Looking at rain clouds is what it looks like, maybe, and a little bit of sunshine coming in. Welcome back to the beautiful, windy Ohio, whatever this state is known for. All right, so I want to serenade you all for a minute. It's been a long time. I know I shouldn't have left you, left you, without a dope beat to step to, step to, step to, step to. Step two. Did you know what they say? I'm freaky, freaky, baby girl. Okay, how how she freaky? Just, okay, never mind. Uh, I think every song should come with the lyrics right before they produce it on the radio so that we know what we're agreeing to. For maybe 20 years, I've been thinking they were saying freaky, freaky. Like, I don't know. Anywho, welcome back, y'all. Like, listen, I know. I took two weeks off. What was I thinking? Who do I think I am? Who do I think I am? I rolled into Juneteenth. Worked with your cousins and aunties and uncles and um, more ranch, more blue cheese, Cinderella, Cinderella, Cinderella. Okay. (laughs) And I told myself, I'm not coming back to the podcast. I need a week. And a week turned into two weeks. So you know what they say. It only takes seven days to start a habit, 30 to break it. Okay. But I'm back. So what's been going on in your world? How are you? I hope you are well. I hope you are blessed. I hope season four has been blessing you in so many different ways. I hope you have decided to share this podcast and subscribe and leave comments. I hope you have been able to check out the blog and I hope that you've also been able to do other things like enjoy this summer, this weather, being able to be outside, deciding if you're vaccine or not vaccine or Deciding if you're going to do a relationship or not do a relationship. Are you growing out your edges? Are you drinking your water? Are you looking both ways before you cross the street? Are you building a garden? Are you packing up to moving? Are you in a season of so much darkness that you can barely see the light and the only thing you want to do is sit in silence so you can collect your thoughts? I've been there. I know what that's like. Or are you in the height of your season to where everything's glamorous and picturesque? I have halfway been there. But no matter your season, if you woke up with air in your lungs on this day, you are blessed. Can someone please cue Fred Hammond? All right, y'all. So I know we've been diving deeper and deeper into the many aspects and layers of shame. And um, the next four episodes are going to get a little, you know, deep. I'm in a season of my life where I feel isolated and lonely. So that means I have more time to actually sit and think about contact. Good for you, right? I know. So just bear with me and hopefully it helps you peel back an additional layer of who you are as a person so you can continue to show up as your best version of yourself and then ask yourself those deep questions and those heavier questions or maybe You might want to stay on the surface because you need a certain type of environment to deal with it. Either way it goes, I am ready to release the topic to you guys. On this week's podcast, we'll be talking about shame and relationships and friendships. Uh Uh-oh, put on your seatbelt.
Have you ever loved, cared about, or best friended someone and deep down you knew they were ashamed of you? Maybe you were never invited to the larger friend and family gatherings. Perhaps you were being taught how to be yourself instead of being accepted for being yourself. Maybe they never wanted people to know about you. One of the underlying roots of shame is secrecy. Well, you guys, as expected, you know, when God gave me Sincerely Shameless or the Shameless community, obviously I couldn't run this thing without experiencing heavy amounts of shame. So rather I felt ashamed by someone or I was the one people felt ashamed about, believe it or not, I know, right? I've experienced it on both levels. I've seen it on both sides. And um, what better way for me to then um, tell you guys my story. But I will say this, there are no winners in the shame game. So once upon a time, many, many, many moons ago, you guys, like this was probably like 12 years ago, okay? I had fallen in love, okay? I'd fallen in love and I just knew that I knew that I knew I was going to marry this person. Like, oh my gosh, like you couldn't tell me nothing. It was blasphemy if you didn't agree. I just, you just whipped my friend no more. And I was working at Taco Bell. This particular individual went to a top university in the city of Atlanta. And um, I'll never forget us just hanging out and having a good time. But when I put on that uniform, you know, those black pants with those non-slip resistant black bobo shoes that I used to have to put on in my, my Taco Bell hat and my black and purple collared shirt. And... Um, get dropped off at work or catch the bus to work or drive my vehicle when I had one at the time during those times to work, I saw this look on his face. It wasn't a, I'm proud of this woman for just going out here and at least getting to this money because I mean, for crying out loud, she's 19, 20, you know. It was a look of disgust, you know? And um, I remember one day coming home from work and being asked, why do you smell like tacos? And um, my my first natural response, because y'all know I can be passive, was because I work at Victoria's Secrets, smart person. My aggressive response was because I've been slinging tacos all day. My non-existent assertive response was, yes, yes, silence, yes, you gathered that correctly. Um, I'll never forget the day, maybe a couple of days after that instance, um, he'd asked me to quit my job. And I was like, why would I quit my job? He's like, because no woman of mine is gonna be working at Taco Bell. And I said, well, where do you prefer me to work at? Anywhere but in the food industry, Sarah. <laughs> and I just, rem I just remembered feeling really, really bad because unfortunately that was the best that I had at 20 years old, y'all. Like, you know, transferring from Alabama, leaving a basketball scholarship, coming into Georgia, trying to get into Kennesaw State University. For me, that was a big deal. And, um, you know, coming from Georgia Perimeter, trying to collect enough credits just so I can go to Kennesaw State University, you know, and they were hollering, that's not enough. You need to do more. 
And then the person that I'm supposed to be in love with, it's just like no woman of mine is going to be clocking in at Taco Bell. And it didn't, it didn't help that he never mind asking me to bring him home tacos. Like his family liked tacos. Um, it was super cool Taco Bell joint because it was a Taco Bell Long John Silver's and you know, black folks love their fish. Okay. So, I mean, I was out there taking special requests. I could do t- fish tacos. Like, but the, the reality was that this person that I was in love with calculated that because he was attached to me, that that me working at Taco Bell made him less than of a person. So I know you're wondering, what did you do, Sarah? I quit my job. What you talking about? (laughs) I wanted to be with my man. But let me tell you the interesting part about shame. Um, Quitting my job and going to work at another job, making less money and having the stress of trying to fit in in this culture in retail that I cared nothing about. But that's the, that's the, the dangerous part about shame. When you know someone is ashamed of you, you put yourself in position for more trauma, more adversity, because I was doing what I knew to do. Newsflash, y'all, I'm still a waitress. Like, yes, I have a couple of degrees or whatever, but I love the food industry. I love the customer service aspect. All right, so that's one example on the relationship side. Ultimately, we're, we're not together, okay? Amen. Ooh. All right. Now, on the friendship side, I remember, let's see, how do I break this down? I remember having a friend who I just adored, y'all, like. This was my home girl. Like, girl, we going out. We are gonna go hang out. We gonna get some food. We gonna hang out. And on campus, like, she wouldn't want to be around me if she was around the cool people. Believe it or not, I wasn't that cool. Oh well. And um, when there would be group invites, it would be, you know, I wasn't invited to the group stuff. Like, I was invited to the solo stuff. Like, hey, Sarah, can you meet me up here at like three? And then I'm like, yeah. And then as I'm leaving, like, I see a group of her friends come in, and I'm like hey, what's going on there? And she's like, oh, like, we're going to hang out afterwards. But thankfully, me and you already celebrated my birthday. And I'm like, dang, like, why couldn't I, you know, be a part of that? But then I realized, too, that this person was ashamed of me. You know, I was the unstable, radical homegirl who participated in very interesting, but really cool hairstyles. Like, I was always all over the place with my jobs. Um, I may or may not have money to participate. I may or may not needed a ride. And um, that person had that same look, that same like, mm, I don't really know, type look. And I didn't know, now that I look back, I know what the look of shame looks like. But at the time I was just like, Sarah, this is a look of you need to do better. And so after these types of friendships and relationships, I thrusted myself into works to become better for the outsider looking in versus being better for myself. And again, I was showing up with the best that I had. If I had Versace to wear, honey, I would have. You know, if I had, you know, the perfect job and the setup to like flaunt that to your girlfriends, I would have, but I didn't, you know, and that's like the reality. So that's my, when I, when I was the friend that brought shame. 
Now, on the flip side, you know, as hurtful as it was for me to be the person who people were ashamed of, you know, I've been ashamed of others. So um, this one time I was living, when I was living in Perimeter a couple of years back, and you guys, y'all better not judge me, okay? I'm going to say that. This one time I was living in Perimeter, and, you know, my mom lived close, and I would always tell my mom, like, hey, let's come come, come up to Perimeter. Let's go get some food, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I'm at the mall, and, of course, I had perfected the look, you guys. Like I said, I'll be darned if y'all can be out here walking around ashamed of me. You're going to want to hang with me, right? So I had on my nice little outfit. You know, I was able to pull it together, um, and my mom meets me up there, and she has on these leggings with some holes in it these slides with her heel hanging off and her heel was ashy and she had on this shirt it was just too tight the legs was too too loose and it's weave ponytail that was just tired and um I remember looking at her like we should just do takeout because I can't <laughs> so I remember doing this project with a fashion designer um out in Atlanta at the time sometime some months prior to this and me and my mom was, you know, in line getting our food and he walked up on me and was like, oh my God, Sarah J. And, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, what's up? And my mom is standing right next to me. And the way that he looked at my mom, it was kind of the look of what is this peasant doing even near Sarah? And I kind of looked at him like, I kind of looked at him like, I know, right? And then I, you know, I didn't introduce my mom. I kind of like stepped the guy one step to the side and I was like, hey, like, let's catch up later. Whew. You guys, I went back to my mom and she started crying in the mall, in perimeter on a busy day. And she was like, are you ashamed of me? Y'all, on the inside I was thinking to myself like look what you have on like wouldn't you be ashamed but on the outside I just was like no like I just you know she's like you didn't even introduce me and I'm like oh my gosh in that moment shame and friendships family and relationships made sense because I've been on both ends and my mom's outfit was truly all she had. And I remember us sitting down and she said, Sarah, if I had better clothes, don't you think I would have wore them? And my eyes started to tear up because in that same moment, I had become the same person people had been to me, to her. Like she's doing the best that she can. And sure, she can do better. But does she have access and like access to those tools and resources? And I just remember us kind of sitting in silence while eating our farmer's basket. And um, that silence was kind of the tug of, yes, this is what shame looks like, Sarah. So on the flip side of, on the, um, on the other side of that, you know, I remember experiencing shame um, 
when I was playing basketball at Kell High School, I mean, it was a predominantly white school. And when I say predominantly, I want to say 97%. I was one of the one percenters. And um, my dad has always been old. You know, he's 75 now. But when I was in high school, he had been in his like 50s. So, you know, he walked in, you know, rightfully so, looking like my granddad, right? And I remember everyone on the basketball team just like, is that your grandpa? Is that your grandpa? And I'm just like, dad, why can't you dye your beard and your hair black? But truly, you guys, there was nothing he could have done to reverse the aging process, right? So... I've experienced shame about that because I'm like, no, that's my dad. They're like, dang, your dad's old. Your dad's old. And I'm just like, yeah, Lee. And so, you know, I remember running one of my suicides and telling him, like, I mean, never having anyone show up to my basketball games, but the shame in that, I remember telling my dad, could he go to the car? Now, don't judge me. I was like 18, okay? But I want to say that all around to say um, that shame is layered, and it exists within the family, the friend, the relationship structure. And it's one of those things that is deeply embedded that you can't get out of. And um, now that I am the shameless curator and I have the opportunity to pinpoint it at like immediately, I try to shut it down as much as possible. I try to put myself in that position. So here are some of the steps that I took to resolve and relinquish control back over my life instead of shame being the driver. All right, y'all, welcome back to the second segment of the podcast. Now, I want to say I've noticed something about myself. Y'all, in my story time, my voice go real deep and low. I'm like, and then someone creeped around the corner. But then when I get to the other parts, I'm like, all right, guys, y'all ready for the second part? <laughs> I'm going to work on my tone for you guys, okay? All right, so <clears throat> this is the second which portion is this? Oh, yes. This is the second portion of the podcast. This is Total Assumption. This is a time where we look at instances and moments in our lives where we can either decide to increase cynicism and, and or decrease joy or increase our joy and decrease cynicism. So since we're on the topic of shame in relationships, family, and friends, I definitely wanted to give you guys um, this Total Assumption. So, okay, how do I tell? So it's kind of a story. So I'm going to give you guys a um, a story. So during the time when I had a best friend who was ashamed of me, I was um, like working in the bars, like I was bartending and waitressing and all that good jazz. And I knew this person was totally ashamed of me. However, it never stopped this person. So like when we wanted to do like a like a game night or if she was doing something super big for her homegirls, she would come to me to be like, hey, can you get like all this food off on discount at Applebee's? And like, hey, like, you know, your alcohol connect that you have, like, can you get some bottles of wine? And like, hey, how, um, what's a really good spot to do this at? 
like can we use um, one of your homegirls apartment communities and then just let me know the buzz gates right and me being me you guys i would absolutely do it i'm like yeah no problem like how much food do you need like you need 60 wings all right bet i can get you that for 15 20 bucks and i can get use my discount on that Oh, I can use my discount on the wine. Just tell me the liquors that you're interested in. Like, I can also use my home ground. Like, hey, like, let me reserve one of your party rooms or whatever. This is on a third. And ironically, the day the party is being thrown, I'm not invited, right? Like, or like, I can't be there because I either have to work and or there was some type of like misunderstanding. The total assumption is just because a person has access to you or loves you doesn't mean there isn't shame for who you are and what you've done. And it does not decrease the opportunity to access your resources, right? So the assumption is if you're ashamed of me, you wouldn't want to be connected to me, right? On the contrary, a person can be ashamed of you 100% and still marry you, still have a baby with you, still want to use your discounts and all these other things. So I just want us to all be very mindful of um, the shame that exists in and around us and be sure to do all that you can to reduce it by having those upfront conversations um, and, you know, being able to be honest and receive honesty. And now we have reached the third portion, but final portion of the podcast, which I am extremely excited about. And this is the Candidly Sarah J moment. This is where I completely kind of remove myself from the Sincerely Shameless um, seat and kind of go as Sarah J, like my normal day-to-day and just tell y'all what it is. And then we close it out. But, you know, this one is like our little snack. And um, I hope you guys really love it and I hope it resonates, but it's going to be grace. You know, I know we hear the word grace. I know we hear that often. I know I say it like a trillion times on the podcast, but in this effort, I want us to consider grace in the form of understanding that we cannot conclude a person based on a weak moment, a moment witnessed um, without enough context or a moment that you've heard about that did not come from that person's mouth. Um, I think a lot of the things that the shaming that we're able to do with people is because we heard or we saw something a little um, a little last minute or saw it and didn't understand what was going on and made a conclusion about that person is who they are for the entirety of their life. And um, that has to stop. <laughs> like, you guys got, we got to give grace, you know, we got to give grace to people um, thinking the highest thought of a person, even if it's the lowest form of the behavior that they can operate on, because we have weak moments, we have bad days, you know, then we have great moments and you can't take a weak moment and demolish a lifetime of good deeds. So that is my tip as to be more gracious and remember throughout your day-to-day life to not conclude a person, um, no matter what it is that they did, because the next day they get an opportunity to be better than who they were prior. And the resource for that is, and this is going to be funny, 
But you know how you have a mental Rolodex of memories for yourself? When someone does something and you find yourself in position to judge and or shame them for that or conclude them, roll your mental Rolodex back and think about the last time you did something to that extent. That's it. That's, I mean, you know, we've all done some trifling things, right? So, and if you haven't, please unsubscribe because you are not my audience, okay? Just remember the last time you did something of that nature or if you've done something that re- that caused shame and go from there. All right, guys, y'all have been an absolute pleasure. I just love... <clears throat> sitting down and talking with you all. Got to get back to the hustle and bustle. Be loved. Goodness. Be blessed and be absolutely unapologetically shameless. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sincerely Shameless podcast, where the relentless, the shameless, and resilient thrive. If you found this podcast episode to be helpful in any shape, way, or form, please be sure to subscribe by clicking the link within the bio and then share with a friend, maybe even a friend of a friend. If you would like to submit any of your total assumptions, please be sure to visit the website, theshamelessbrand.com and insert the information into the text box. If you would like to just chat with me in a more personal setting, please be sure to follow me on Instagram at sheso with two O's, shameless underscore. I look forward to joining you next week. Same time, same place. And remember, be you, be resilient, be relentless, be shameless.